Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lion's Share Podcast. And in this week, it's your favorite episode of the week. It's the Walkthrough Wednesday. And before we begin, let's give a shout out to all those new listeners. You know who you are, who shouted us out on the Instagram waves, the Snapchat waves, the social media waves in general. And by the way, we just got a message. We just got a message. We just got a message. Wonder who it's from. It's Mitch. This comes from Mitch out of Fort Wayne. Mitch, what do you got for us? Hey guys, Mitch from Fort Wayne. Newest fan, biggest fan. I think you guys are both awesome. You both have faces for radio. Love the content so far. Uh, number one, I don't want to hear any positive shout outs about Alex Anzalone ever again. Shouldn't be a thing on this podcast or any podcast ever. Um, I will report you for abusive content if it happens again. couple more things. Uh, can we give a shout-out to Rodrigo and how much of a study is? Maybe this steal of the draft, hopefully the long-term answer for Lions at the linebacker position. And then talk to me quickly about the disappearance of TJ Hawkinson, why he's dropping the ball. He's had seven targets in both of the first two games. Can't seem to be a big play threat. Not, not sure what the issue is, if it's him, if it's Goff. Uh, seems like Hawkinson definitely has the dropsies. Uh, not what you want out of what I think most people thought would be our stud long-term tight end. Uh, good teams win. Oh, Mitch, that message was sweeter than an Oreo. We can't thank you enough. No one's ever given us that kind of feedback. We have a face for radio. If you didn't notice, apparently Anchor has a one-minute cutoff because he, he was so rudely cut off at a minute. So apologies to him for that. But at the end, he was saying... I believe the, the phrase goes, good teams win, great teams cover, or something along those lines. For those of you non-gamblers out there, the Lions are incredibly efficient at covering the spread. Now, they may not win every game, but they cover spreads. But let's respond to your two biggest comments, which were one, Rodrigo, and two, Hawkinson. Let's start with Rodrigo. Yeah, we can't say enough about Rodrigo. Unfortunately, he was a little over um, overshadowed by Aiden Hutchinson last week. But I did mention that he had eight solo tackles, eight tackles total. And he was out there putting in the work. He's consistently, at least in the first two weeks, consistently ranking high in the PFF or Pro Football Focus rankings uh, for linebackers and defensive players overall. So, yes, long-term guy. It certainly feels like he's a long-term guy. And, yes, echo it times a 1,000. What a steal in the in the draft from Oklahoma State. I'm with you on that. I'd just like to see the uh, the cowboy dance personally myself. We've he comes from the from the cowboy college. He's got the cowboy outfit. Just give us the cowboy celebration. That's all we want. Just imagine him and Mike Gundy though in a room together. I mean, those guys could put down some brewskis if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Part dose of your message was regarding TJ Hawkinson. And yes, your your point is valid. He has only seven targets and two of those he's dropped, which equates to 14% of his targets have been dropped. He does have a, a mild case of the drop skis. Now, we don't want to we, we want to withhold judgment too soon, but two weeks is a little bit of data. He's certainly behind on terms of catches, receptions, yards, touchdowns, all that. You're right. We're not really sure if that's a golf thing 
Uh, we've speculated a little bit that maybe Ben Johnson's offense just doesn't flow through the tight end as much as the previous offensive uh, coordinator and Dan Campbell loves the tight end. So, you know, it's not a lack of, of respect from Dan. I think they'll figure it out. I think where he shines the most is in the red zone. That's where they need to start feeding him. But the good thing is they have a lot of weapons around him. And the other thing is uh, the Lions are running the damn ball a little bit more. So he's he's playing a little bit more of the blocking tight end role. You know better than anyone, Dan Campbell and his tight ends. I believe we had eight, nine on the roster uh, preseason there. So uh, you know you know where his heart is uh, coming there from, from the beginning. But, I mean, he's been out there for 90% of the snaps. And the biggest thing for me, Hockett's contract year. This is the this is the chance. Step it up. Got to step it up. So, I'm with you, Mitch. A little bit of a little bit of the drop skis, but with the three interior linemen out here, I think he's asked to do a little more assignment blocking. But we'll see it against Minnesota. Hopefully, a few more chunk yardage plays for him uh, to get him a little more involved in the offense. Just got to get that rhythm back with Goff. And your third point, Alex Anzalone. Listen, we know this was your first episode that you listened to, new fan, and we love that about you. But you got to be a little bit more dedicated and listen to some of the earlier podcasts. We we put him through the ringer, so we're the only reason we're giving him a little bit of respect is we've got to we've got to come off of him a little bit, a little bit. Give credit where credit is due. He has improved from last year. He's probably not the long term guy, but he's who we got right now, and he's got the C on his chest, so he's got to have a little bit of respect put on his name. Hey, Mitch, I couldn't agree with you more here, brother. I was as shocked as anyone to see him with a ke- with a C on his on his chest, let alone back on the team this year. Okay, they they gave him the one year contract extension in the off season, and I've said it I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. And Dan, we trust. And if Dan wants to give him another year to go out there and prove himself, I- I'm going to be behind that decision. I will say physically though. He does most embody a lion. You got to say that, especially when he lets the hair flow like he did last week. The lion's mane. Got to wonder what the decision-making is behind that process as far as tied up or tied up. I don't know what that Whoa. is. But man bun, action, whatever you want to call it, to lion's mane. I'm not sure what the decision-making process is, but we'll see what he comes out in uh, Minnesota with. The other Dan, Dan Skippa, as we called him, Got quite the ovation in the locker room. Skip, 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 skip. And it's hard to believe that at just the ripe young age of 27, he's a veteran on this team. He certainly doesn't look 27. That's what leaves you with the young team. Yeah, we've mentioned it before. Lions, one of the youngest rosters in the league. One member above the 30-year mark. So that gives you an idea of all these 20-year-olds running around on the field. Not a lot of veteran, true veteran leadership, but they do have the veteran in Dan Skippa. In other NFL news, Mike Evans suspended, appealed suspension, still got suspended. We kind of saw that one coming, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with uh, Roger Goodell in in the NFL on this one. You got to uphold it. That's the second time we talked about it last week. But uh, the shocking part is Lattimore. I mean, you got to tip for tat on this one, my man. You got to give Lattimore the the same punishment. What if they didn't suspend him for the next game, which is this week? What if they suspended him for the next time they played the Saints? Wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be a punishment? No, that's fast forward thinking, and I love where your brain's at. I think we need to get Roger Goodell on the phone. I think that could be a new thing for the NFL. Not no longer do we have the suspensions be the the week directly following. 
no, no, you can pick that week. And in this case, when you've got a divisional matchup, you know they're going to play him again. So, hey, why not move that to suspension to whatever week they play the Saints again? Yes, sir. I like that one. We might not want to give Goodell uh, any more ideas, though. So, yeah. Um, Shout out to Amon Ra St. Brown, NFC Player of the Week. Not quite as prestigious as the BA Lion of the Week, but nonetheless, league is being put on notice by Amon Ra St. Brown. The word started here first, talks of Canton. You just wait for the national airwaves to get a hold of it. Speaking it into existence, he's already breaking records for just the short amount of time he's been in the league. In other news, we shouted out Cooper Rush, but... Uh, Dak is trying to make his way back. Dak is back on the practice field doing light workouts. But, hey, I say keep riding that Cooper Rush train. Don't even think about bringing Dak back. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on that. Let's go fire up chips. But I don't know where the Dallas fans are. I I saw a video of them throwing trash on him as he was leaving the stadium. That's just Dallas being Dallas. Dallas, Dallas. and Speaking of injuries in the league, let's talk Lions in their first injury report of the week. John Kaminsky had successful surgery this week. No timetable on his return, but quote from Dan is he'll be out for a bit. He's going to have to be filled in for. Uh, he was he was out there making making the plays that don't make the stat sheet. He will be sorely missed. Aiden Hutchinson has been sitting out practice. Uh, according to Dan, Charlie Horse doesn't seem like a major thing, but uh, something to keep an eye out on, and we'll definitely need him on Sunday against the Vikings. Uh, DeAndre Swift also did not practice, but that's kind of his MO. He's not a big practicer. He's going to be ready for Sunday. Jonah Jackson also did not practice. He's got a finger injury. New one on the list, TJ Hawkinson, who we spoke about before. He's got a little bit of a hip. He was limited in practice today. All signs point to likely he's playing. Hey, Mitch, lay off him, okay? He's got a hip injury. Yeah. Poor guy's going through the hips. Juju Hughes. Not Smith-Schuster. Juju Hughes added to the list. Shoulder, limited in practice today. Amani Oruwarie, limited again in practice today, but making strides, still feeling it out. He's back to running. He's looking like he may play on Sunday. Frank Radnow, same category as Amani, limited in practice, running, out there running. No longer has the groin injury listed on the injury report, just the foot now. So he's headed in the right direction. Hoping to see him play on Sunday. Malafanu, who I struggled with last week. That's a tough name. He's on the hamstring uh, injury list, but full practice today on Wednesday. Looks like he'll be back, barring any setbacks. In the Vikings camp, not many listed on the injury report, but the biggest one, Harrison Smith, he sustained a concussion against the Eagles on Monday night. So obviously a short week for him, which is always tough coming off of a concussion. No designation on him yet either, but he's likely to be a game-time decision. We won't know if he's suiting up until way late into the week. Uh, but that, the Vikings, relatively healthy compared to the Lions. Yeah, it's just not fair at this point. Let's uh, let's have fewer injuries, huh? Maybe it's Ford Field. Maybe the, maybe the turf's too tough. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. And now, everybody's favorite segment of the week, it's time to go NFL No Huddle, where we go game by game, giving winners and losers... Last week, I took the crown barely against my co-host. I finished eight and eight, a solid five hundred. He finished seven and nine, but it was a close one. Let's see what we do this week. And in our first matchup, we have on the Prime Video Network the Steelers take on the Browns 
in Cleveland, Ohio. The black and yellow are going to drift right into Cleveland, the toilet bowl state, and Claypool this one home. In the lowest over-under spread game of the week at only 38 and a half points, I think it breaks the over. Take the over, folks. Give me the Steelers by seven. Cut your lawns early. Houston Texans will head up to Chicago to take on the Bears. The Texans are going to wish they had the home cooking of the Dome because the Bears take this one through the air on the ground and they go to pound town. It's going to be a blowout. Bears by 14. Cut me a slice of that pound cake. I'm with you. The Bears are going to beat the Texans so bad they may limp home. In the Music City, we've got the 0-2 Raiders taking on the 0-2 Titans. One of them will have a win after this week, right? I hope one of them does, and I think it's going to be the black hole. They're about to start goblin wins. Titans are going down. Ooh, goblin. Spooky season coming soon. Raiders get a win in the win column, and deservingly so, can we say? They might be the best 0-2 team in the league. Titans suck. The Titans go down. Raiders by 20. The Chiefs are going to leave Arrowhead and head over to Indy. And what may be the worst team in football. We've said it before. The Matty Ice experiment has gone south. And the Chiefs are headed north to Lucas Oil, where they'll take the victory and head to 3-0. and We're in tandem bikes today. I think the Chiefs are going to take this. Hammer your overs and get your backups in in fantasy. The Bills take their talents to South Beach as they take on the Miami Dolphins in what will be the hard rocking stadium after this one. This is going to be one of many road victories. As the Bills go to the cocaine capital, they're going to come out pissing clean. The Dolphins in Tua. They're Tua and O. The Dolphins will be Tua and one after this one. The Bills... Take it in a hard-fought battle, though. I think the Dolphins keep this one close, but the Bills ultimately pull it out and win by three. Poe and the Baltimore Ravens are going to watch from home as they head to New England. It's hard to go against Gillette Stadium, the Patriots at home, but give me Poe and give me Moe. Lamar Jackson, six touchdowns on the year, four of them last week. He's going to have eight after this one, including one on the ground. The Patriots don't have an answer for LJ, and they have no answer on the side of the offense. Ravens by 17. I'm going to take the 10-time Pro Bowler mascot over over Bill Belichick and the Patriots. As long as Patricia's calling plays, they're never going to win another game. Give me the Ravens. And another team that's 0-2, the Cincinnati Bengals. Perhaps giving the Raiders a run for the money and the best 0-2 team in the league, the Bengals. Head over to New Jersey, not New York, to take on the New York Jets. The Super Bowl losers are going to claw their way back to one. I think the another road warrior will come out victorious here. I want Cincinnati over New York. I couldn't agree more. Give me the Bengals, but I think the Jets try to make it interesting with Wacko Flacco. Ultimately, the Bengals will win by seven. The Eagles are coming off a Monday night victory as they fly into Washington to face the Commanders. The Commanders will have the soundtrack of Hurts So Good as the Eagles prove themselves once again. They head to 3-0. and 
Check in with all your comrades. The birds are flying high. Down go the commanders. Eagles 3-0. and Your New Orleans Saints head over to North Carolina to take on Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. The Saints are going to get another victory here. App State rules North Carolina. Move over, Panthers. Ooh, Panthers 0-2. Certainly not in the category of best 0-2 teams, but... I don't know. Something in my brain is telling me to take them over the Saints on the road. The Saints can't win on the road. Jameis Winston has trouble with the LASIK. Panthers get a couple turnovers. Baker Mayfield in the offense gets it done. Get in the win column. They win by three. The Jacksonville Jaguars will catch a plane in one of the longest road trips of the year. The biggest enemy may be jet lag as they face the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, 1-1, one one, will improve to 2-1 and one after this one. Justin Herbert got a little bit of a rib injury, but he's sounding like he's going to be clean. It sounds like he's going to be healthy. They're going to be Herberting their way to victory in this one. They've got Jacksonville's number. They win by 20. The Jacksonville Jaguars better be careful. Trevor Lawrence may never leave Los Angeles. And with that said, no quarterback means no win. The Chargers are going to dominate. You know how after games as kids, we'd, we'd have like candy or, or snacks after the game, right? The Chargers will serve up some Sherbert ice cream after this one. Whoa. And the neighbors to the Los Angeles Chargers, they share a home stadium. The LA Rams head over to Glendale and take on the gamers of the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray may feel big now, but he's definitely coming up short against Stafford and the Rams. Kyler Murray is going to have a negative KD after this one, and so will the Cardinals. They'll be one and two. The Rams get it done, but it's going to be a barn burner. Rams by only three. In the battle by air, we got the Atlanta Falcons flying to the West Coast to take on the Seattle Seahawks. The battle of the birds, and they couldn't be uglier. This one is going to be ugly. The Seahawks, the better of the bad here, they get a win at home. With the 12th man, give me Geno Smith, but barely, by three. No way. The, the Falcons' uniforms may be red, but they're going to be coming out of there victorious. Another road warrior victory. Tampa Bay and the Mike Evans-less Buccaneers host the Green Bay Packers in Tampa. Green Bay better not even unpack their suitcases. Tom Brady will remain perfect as he defeats the Aaron Rodgers. Mike Evans will prove to be too much to live without. Packers go on the road, and they win it by 10. Backup Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers will head to Denver to take on Mr. Unlimited as they try to mine themselves a victory. Jimmy G will strike diamonds as the 49ers come out victorious against the Broncos. Jimmy G might get paid even more after this one. Jimmy G doesn't deserve a starting spot. Psych! That's not what the contract says. Although, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, let's ride to a victory. In our last matchup of the week, we have an NFC East thriller. It's Monday night, and the Cowboys are in New Jersey to take on the Giants. The Cowboys better ride back to Dallas. The Giants are going to remain perfect in the NFC Beast. Cooper Rush will be living in the limelight, and so will the Cowboys. Cooper Rush 
wins it in the Big Apple. Well, technically it's New Jersey. But the Cowboys come out victorious. And the Cowboys fans after this one will be saying, Dak, thank you. Next, Cooper Rush can lead this team the rest of the year. In our game of the week, it's the Lions and the Vikings. At, you guessed it, 1 o'clock Eastern. The 1 o'clock Bullies back at it again, but this time on the road. Not only the first road test, but the first divisional test as well. Vikings favored by six. That line has moved since their loss against the Eagles. It was originally set at seven and a half, now lowered to six after Minnesota struggled, which, in fact, is a rare first week, first two week comparable. The Lions played the Eagles week one, the Vikings had them week two. So now we have a comparison. Obviously, the Lions only lost by three. That would make them the lesser of the two losses between the two. Vikings at home makes things a little more interesting. I think it's a struggle for this one to be a blowout either way. This one's going to be close. Yeah, this one is going to be close. I think it's going to be tough for the Lions to pull this one out, especially when you uh, side-by-side comparison the uh, the injury list uh, for the week, the injury reports, that is. Side-by-side comparison on the two. It's It's lengthy for the Lions. It's not good, but... We know that Dan's going to get the most out of the guys and they're going to march over to Minnesota and they're going to see what they can do. I think it's a fairly good matchup for them. If Amani Oruwarie plays, that secondary is going to be crucial for this game. As the as the secondary plays, that's how the game goes, I think. If, if they can get to Kirk Cousins like they did Carson Wentz and they can lock down those deep threats for Minnesota and the weapons that they provide on offense... That's going to be the key to the game. Harrison Smith is going to be a a big thing on the other side of the ball as well. If he plays, it's a lot different contest for the Lions offense. If he's out, it makes things a a lot easier for the Lions offense to move the ball down the field. It's going to be key. If he's out, the Lions better go to work uh, in the air, but obviously keep running the ball because they have ran the ball very well in the top five in rushing and in the NFL. So, it's, it's going to be a true test, probably the biggest game of the year so far. Like you said, divisional, and it's on the road. That's two things against them right there. Loss of that 12th man, you've heard several Lions say it themselves. They're feeding off the crowd. I mean, they they know when the, Lion, the, the fans are into it, and uh, that's what they want to feed off of. But, I mean, as well as the Lions are running, running the ball, don't forget about the guy on the other side of the field and Delvin Cook, and he's pretty good himself. My main thing is, though, is who's who's going to show up for quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Is it good Kirk Cousins, or is it uh, socks and sandals Kirk Cousins? And that's the million-dollar question that you really don't know. If he doesn't play well, I think the Lions take this handily. But if you, if you start to get lights out Kirk Cousins where he's got time in the pocket, watch out because he can pick them apart. Yep, the defensive front for the Lions have to put a lot of pressure on him. That's the only thing that's really going to bail out their secondary, who's, no offense, but not the greatest. They've got great offensive receiving weapons, so more pressure, less time for them to work open. Making Kirk Cousins make bad decisions, the better for us. So that's going to be the true test, especially with Kaminsky out. This is Austin Bryant's time to shine and uh, make a name for himself. Yeah, you're right. Not only a big matchup for the Lions defense, but Aaron Glenn as well. This is a true test for them. He's been scheming things up all season long, all season long being two games, but 
it's going to be a big test here on the road against a, a team with the Minnesota Vikings that we don't know if they're contenders or pretenders at this point, but you know it's a divisional matchup and they're always going to bring their their best foot forward. We know Dan was watching tape of that game against the Eagles, though. Vikings-Eagles on Monday night. Got a quote from Dan here when he was on 97 won the ticket. Normally, like any fan one, I fell over backwards in my chair drunk after the second half. I couldn't even take notes anymore. You're right, Dan. That's, that is how 90% of America watches NFL football right there. I love how he's feeding into the fans. Oh, he knows. He's one of us. Oh, yeah. One of us. Yeah. He's one of us. In the pride part of the pride. All right. What do you say? Let's give him some predictions. This one's probably the toughest one for me. I've got many things on my mind for this matchup. Real tough decision. I tell you what, our our fan Mitch in Indiana is absolutely right. I think they cover here and and get within six. And call me crazy, but I'm going to give the Lions a win here on the road by three. Did you have a score? I said by three. But a score? We didn't we didn't do scores last week, brother. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to say they're going to go on the road and and lose a close divisional game late. But they're going to put up a fight. I think their defense is going to kind of falter at the end. And Justin Jefferson's going to get loose to get a game-winning touchdown, and they're going to lose 28-24. Oh, I just envisioned the gritty he's going to pull after that, if that's the case. He's going to be hitting the gritty hard in the end zone. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I want to be wrong. If you're going to give me crap about not giving the score, we want to talk about the score that you predicted last week of 10-7. to Well, that couldn't have been more wrong. I love to be wrong. I'm here to be wrong. Oh, so it's kind of like a reverse psychology thing? Burn the tapes. <laughs> Tommy, burn the tapes. Dabby here. I said no to that request. Hey, shout out to everybody that is a new listener. As we said, the link to our mailbox will be directly in this episode's description. By all means, jump in that mailbox and give us what you got. As Mitch learned, it does cut you off at a hard 60 seconds. So absolutely not one more second over 60. So just keep that in mind. Keep your thoughts concise. More concise than we do on this podcast. And this has been your Walkthrough Wednesday. We'll see you again on Sunday for the big show, the wrap-up show of week three in the NFL. Until then, go Lions!
a football podcast. Oh. <coughs> Welcome back. So sorry. I didn't think you were going to go there. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> no, I just don't know. what. Like, I want to be funny, but how do I be funny? How do I be funny? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs>